And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me today is my good friend, Telman Bork. Say hello to everybody. Hi, nice to be with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome, man. It's always a pleasure to have you. I'm always interested in the ideas and stuff like that that you have to say and things like that. I figured this is actually a good time to bring up some good topics and things like that because there's a lot of stuff that I find that is very interesting when it comes down to uh, the Golden Globes and Oscars and also to coming out of quarantine and everything here in the United States and stuff like that. I'm not sure if you're out of quarantine or anything like that, but what's life been like for you, though, and things like that as far as filming goes, as far as different things? Oh, right, because you're mentioning quarantine and, and corona, everything related. I just got vaccinated two weeks ago, so that, that was not that, that bad. I'm happy about that. It does relax you after a year and a couple of months of, of you know, always having this uh, danger looming over you of, of possibly uh, contracting this, this nasty virus. And so I got the Johnson & Johnson um, okay. which means that you probably know that you just have to get vaccinated once and so we're done with this um, my wife and I and I'm happy about this I had a little bit of a all these typical effects that you have when you get vaccinated I had uh, a headache and I felt a little bit out of sorts not too too uh, uh, energetic for a couple of days but it was really mine and I was happy that I didn't have any any stronger effects and so after two weeks now I should be uh, have the full effect of the Immune system now obviously strong against the virus. That's good. <laughs> How about you? Did you get a chance to get vaccinated, or what do you yeah. matter? Yeah, I actually got the visor vaccine. To be honest with you, I've actually yeah. gotten both of them. The first one only gave me like a sinus headache, and then oh. the second one kicked my ass. It literally kicked my ass. Ooh. Like uh, cold sweats, temperature, uh, high temperature. Also, two body aches. I felt like that from Friday all the way up to till Monday with cold oh. sweats and everything. And then when it was time for me to go to work, my fever broke and I was actually feeling better. Okay. So you had a high fever? or, or just, When the fever kicks in, it means your body fights it and then after right. a while it's better, right? Right. And basically what ended up happening was this. I had a high temperature of 101.3 up to oh. 102 fever. Yeah. It, w- it went all the way up there. I was feeling weak and tired and everything, but at least I can say I was quarant- uh, not quarantined, but at least I can say that I got the vac- vaccine and everything. Right. And uh, repeat that. It's definitely worth it feeling a couple of, de- of days under the weather. And afterwards you get the full protection. Exactly. And, you know, I encourage anybody that's listening or watching this right now to go on ahead and get, vaccinated and stuff like that it's completely safe it's completely harmless regardless of what you hear or whatever i work in the healthcare uh healthcare facilities and stuff like that too so i strongly recommend it but you know going into the now here's the thing i've actually been in the since i got my vaccination i actually went into the movie theaters Mm-hmm. And they actually had it sectioned off, which was really nice. I'm glad they had it sectioned off to where nobody is sitting right on top of you or anything like that. And that's when I saw Godzilla versus Kong. And oh, the ex- yeah, so the experience was actually fun. It was actually fun to go back into the theater after spending a year away from the theater. <laughs> to be honest with you, 
because the last movie I saw in theaters was The Invisible Man, and that was like the last time I was in quarantine. Well, yeah, that was like the last time I went got a chance to watch a movie in theaters. So right. it was just so different, though, going into a movie theater after a year. If, if the vibe was still there, but it's just like the people and stuff like that. There was not that many people in our theater when we went. There was maybe six people. All right. Total. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I like this. <laughs> I wish it was like this back back in the day. But, you know, uh, the vibe and everything was basically the same and stuff like that. I got my popcorn. I got my drink and stuff like that. But, you know, it was still nice to just be back and have some normalcy for a change. I don't, I'm not sure if I told you last time, but I was in Spain for about four months last year, and um, I went to the movies twice. The movies were still open then, and we had it was pretty much like like in your case, only more extreme. At perfect social distancing, because twice I was the only person in the in the movie theater. So oh, sweet! Hey, that's more than six people. Get to enjoy the movie, and I don't have to fear about a thing. Nobody's coughing at me. There's no no one. And yeah, but but it's nice that the, the movies over here in, in Germany, where I live in Hamburg, are going to open in, I think, a, a week or two, because numbers are way down here now that everybody gets vaccinated. We had kind of a heavy second lockdown that shut the country down for the better half of, I think, the last three months. But it did help a lot, and numbers are really low, and um, the restaurants are open now. First, it was just outdoor restaurants. You had to sit somewhere outside, but which is nice, and okay, because the weather's it's fine right now. Now also you can go indoors and obviously you don't even have to show a test if you have your little uh, passport that shows that you're vaccinated. So everything's fine. You, you kind of uh, have no problem with that. So I'm looking forward to, to going to, to restaurants and to movie theaters. Sometimes it's nice if you can not do those everyday things that you enjoy. It, you know, obviously a pandemic is not a, a good reason for that. But on the psychological side, if you don't get to do something nice for some time, afterwards you really appreciate it for, 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 for a lot more than you did before. Just going to the movies is going to feel so special now because we weren't able to do that for so long, right? Don't you agree? Yes, definitely. It's like the little things that actually count to me. And we never realized how much we took for granted before this whole entire thing happened, right? We just yeah. continued going into life thinking that nothing's going to change. Everything's going to be basically what it is, what it is. Then all of a sudden, this thing winds up happening with the virus and turns our yeah. whole entire world upside down. And then we actually have to figure a way to actually do like for example what i'm doing with my show and stuff like that because i do new movies and stuff like that so i then i was like okay i gotta move myself over to older movies and then if we get out of quarantine i can go on ahead do newer movies and stuff like that mm -hmm. later on so i had to reprogram refigurate my formula on how i wanted to do my shows and stuff like that oh i see so that's another thing but it's like but back to what you were saying though it is the littlest things that we took didn't notice before and stuff like that, that means a lot to us now. Because yeah. we haven't gone to see our families in a long time. We haven't been able to go to the movies. We haven't been able to actually have some type of normalcy with our friends or loved ones in over a year. And now everything's back opened again. And yes, there is some hesitation with me with some stuff where, even though I'm vaccinated, I still wear my mask still. Because yeah, I still have that, right. sure. I, I just have that phobia of other people right now. 
because I'm like, yeah, oh. it's like, is it too soon? Is it not too soon? I'm going to chance it here, but I'm not going to chance it in all big areas. Like at restaurants, I'll still wear my mask and stuff like that. But if I'm going to a bank and the bank is spread open and there's that glass covering, mm-hmm. uh, covering you from with the teller and me, I'll, I'll, I won't wear a mask because of the fact that there's some covering between me and that person sure. and, and stuff like that. And there's that protective covering. But if I'm at like a smaller store or anything like that, I always wear my, I always mask up, no matter what. But just to have some normalcy in my life is just great. <laughs> yeah, definitely, I agree. And uh, matter of fact, I just saw another movie, A Quiet Place Two, recently. Oh, you have! I'm looking forward to seeing that so much because I love the first one. It's a brilliant idea, and I'm mm-hmm. I was kind of hesitant because sometimes they they screw up a bit with the second part because they just want to squeeze out everything. But right. Is that the case, or did they think of a good follow-up story? To be honest with you, A Quiet Place 2 was great for a prequel sequel, because it breaks into the prequel aspect of what happens whenever the aliens came down and everything and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. and then they also made it its own movie, which is something I really appreciated. All the questions that we had from the first one have been answered in the second one. It's more Mm -hmm. of the survival of the little girl versus the mother and everything, too. And it's also the survival of the brother a little bit because of some stuff that winds up happening to him, which causes the little girl to go out on an adventure of her own, which is even dangerous because she's also deaf. So, right. But the movie is entertaining. I gave it a fresh review and stuff like that. There is one unbelievable thing that I feel like is one little small nitpick on it. But other than that, though, I enjoyed it for what it is. I had a good time. They even opened it up for probably a third film. So, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it next. And, you know, another thing, though, too, going into the theater this go-around, there was nothing, nothing was sessioned off this time or anything like that. It actually felt normal going into a theater, and there was not that many people in the theater again. There might have been a man, maybe seven people, if that. Okay. So, you know, there's some people that are still hesitant, which I don't blame people for being hesitant or anything like that for right now. Yes. But I have a feeling, though, once those Marvel movies comes out, people are going to be flooding over to the movie theaters. I think so, too, because a lot of people are, are in for movie theaters for that big explosion thing and for that kind of experience. And that's what they long to have with other people. And I think a lot of people just figure, OK, if it's a small movie and I don't need the surround. I don't need a plus a lot of people have that at home now, that, that kind right. of great technology. But I do think a lot of people just want to have that um, roller coaster ride, like Martin Scorsese calls it, I think, because right. that's something you cannot have at home. So definitely, I think so too. You know, just your, your analysis, I think, spot on. Once those great those movies are going to come out, and the, the new uh, Marvel movie or whatever's next in line, I think yeah. people, you know, just rushing back to the cinemas and theaters. Right, because it's been over, let's see, the last Marvel movie that we had was back in 2019, I believe. That was actually Endgame. And then we haven't had a single Marvel movie since then. I so the next movie... Well, well, yeah. Which hero is that with? Uh, which, which hero, uh, which protagonist is that with Endgame? I've never heard of that. Uh, Thanos was the main antagonist. Oh, and who's the protagonist? Who's the hero? No, he's actually the villain. The The protagonist and the heroes are everybody. Like Doctor oh. Strange, Spider-Man, Iron Man, all those guys. 
All right. They're all in one mode. I never even heard of that with Windows. Yeah, it's the Avengers Endgame uh, movie. It's actually on oh, Disney. Oh, you shortened it to Endgame and, and you – oh, sorry. I'm not it's into that so much. It's the Avengers. Avengers. I know. Okay, great. Right. Uh, let's see. On that one. Brandon said definitely with a new Marvel film. Yep, same here. Um, I like to see. I can't wait to see Black Widow. To be honest with you, that's one of my favorite. Uh, you, your audience members, we got somebody showing up and, and push and writing questions to you. Yep. Good. Say hi. Uh, the show. <laughs> I'm sure she is. Uh, that's Brandy. She said that she's definitely with a new Marvel film. Wants to see a new Marvel film. Hi, Sorry, I'm just uh, right. So, okay, so here's the thing. You know how I was talking about the Golden Globes? Right, that was all the subject. And the Oscars. Mm-hmm. So, here's the thing. I just don't like how what I found out about the Golden Globes and how fake they are when it comes to diversity. I don't know if you heard anything out of where you live or anything like that on what's going on with the Golden Globes as yeah, to why they canceled them. It, it was weird what they published. It was always a, a kind of off, you know, a little different um, kind of, of, of show, which was nice, probably. I enjoyed it for being a, a, an award show that was sort of less sanitized. Ruby Gervais was there doing his shtick and, and insulting everyone. And I loved, you know, the, the confrontation he had once with with Mel Gibson. So for what it was, um, I liked it, but then I read about what the background is and that they're really not a legitimate group of people that there's a lot of nepotism involved and they really must have not heard, uh, you know, the, the, the bell that people want to have some more diversity. They didn't have one single uh, African-American person there. No. And this one... Right. right. And that's the crazy thing about it, though, right? Because this is what I found out. But the whole, Now, I ended up like talking about this a little later um, on one of my other shows, but I wanted to bring this up to you on what I found out, and then we can actually dissect it. Thing yeah. too. But ho- the Hollywood Horn- Foreign, uh, Foreign Press is the body that puts on the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. As it has 87 members, uh, film journalists who lives in L.A., but works for foreign outlets. The Academy has 10,000 voting members, actors, directors, writers, film executives, musicians, and publicists. The HFPA has problems, if you look at it, the Hollywood Foreign Press. If we start right there, you can see the difference. If it's a body of professionals, well, obviously you can argue whether critics are more... um, inclined to, to be objective towards the movie than, than maybe people from the industry. But the sheer number of people, if you have 6,000 people, you're given their fair opinion as opposed to, what was that, a couple of hundred people? I think you can tell a difference and then you might just doubt that it, it, it's worth a lot to even have that opinion of a couple of people, foreign journalists. And so I don't know whether they... It must have been so arrogant that they didn't see that coming. There have been so many discussions. There's been Me Too, diversity issues, Black Lives Matter, and and everybody's been on about that. It would have been so easy, such a nice move, if you 
had stepped on top of the discussion said, okay, right, I think we got to look into, into this. Uh, you know, we, we don't have uh, a diverse group of, of, of people, which is a bit weird to begin with, because if they're the foreign press, the Hollywood foreign press, you think they have people coming from Asia, from Africa, from right. Europe, but it's not like that at all. You know, if you, you can actually, you know, accept that the, uh, maybe in, in, in uh, the academy, they don't have those men, many people from all over the world because it's an academy um, of American, you know, Americans, but even then, it took them a long time to open up to Asian Americans, African Americans, but they have invited the academy has invited so many young people and so many people from from other countries. Actually, that they they did before, even like ten or fifteen years ago. If you had a great movie coming out, if you were an acclaimed director or actor, no matter what country you were from, you got invited to the academy. Having said that. There were years when they just had terrible results when they when there were a great um, African American uh, directed movies coming out and they didn't get the uh, recognition that they needed. Yeah, and the recognition. So, but I think they upped their game really nicely uh, uh, the, the last within the last two years, and the results were kind of uh, accordingly because you had I think three or four all the actors were African Americans, black actors, and um, the result was, was a lot more diverse this year. So that, that's even the more shame on the Hollywood Foreign Press for not hearing that bell. It's been ringing so loudly for some time now, right? Right. And, you know, the thing that really bothers me is this. They go on and give awards to African-Americans and stuff like that just to show, hey, look, we're not really racist or anything like that. We're You see what we're doing? It's all for show, right? It's like, hey, look, this is, you see, I gave them a, I gave them a trophy. I gave them a Golden Globe trophy. So, you know, we're not doing anything wrong here. We are diverse, but they're not diverse behind the scenes, but they're diverse when it comes down to showing uh, diversity within the community with the actors and stuff like that in a certain aspect, but not behind the scenes when it comes down to your voting, not whenever it comes down to other stuff. What you're saying that, you know, that kind of has, if you say they give out awards to, to minorities to kind of say, okay, we're doing this, right. this lack of it, that is on the premise that they are kind of, that they don't have a, a, a real voting system. Right? If they vote and they vote independently, then they cannot predict that kind of result. So I'm not sure. Are you actually saying you think that they didn't have a, a correct voting system. Uh, right, exactly. Because look at this. 82 members are part of the Golden Globes. Mm -hmm. You have 10,000 voting members that are part of the Oscars. Yeah. 82, 10,000. Sure. So sure. the voting thing is a scam, sham, if you think about it. Yeah. Because of the fact that you don't have members in your group that are diverse in different films. You have only 82 members while the Oscars have 10,000 people. So no wonder why you don't have, no wonder why certain films are winning whenever other films shouldn't be winning in the first place. And stuff mm -hmm. like that, because those could have easily went to other diverse people and everything. Sure. And, it was, and, you know, I'm actually so glad that one of the actors went on ahead and gave up his Golden Globe trophy which is tom cruise i'm glad he gave that 
trophy up and and asked that two or three, right? Uh, yeah, he gave up about three of them mm. and everything. Yeah. And I have to agree with Brandy; they are full of crap. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, but what's, yeah, like what's, I said, what's the latest on this story? Is is there are there any consequence? I know that the number one consequence is that the next show or next year is not going to be broadcast by whoever broadcasts on the CBS or something. So, what have, have they reacted in 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 any way, or are they? Do they say they're going to have a new panel or invite new members or anything? Or are they just going to be you know in moving? rapidly into oblivion is that what they're doing i'm not sure okay so basically what i have found they are taking a break to actually regroup everything mm -hmm. to where they can have more members on their team but here's the other thing that i want to mention though too the hfpa like i said before has problems representation 87 members no black member in at least 20 years is another thing they're not even all actors journalists. I think there's, I read something about there's some nepotism involved or people were just part-time journalists and, and they got invited because they knew someone, they knew someone, that, that yep. kind of thing. And there was just never a, a, a body that independently controlled anything. No. It's just, I think it's pretty much started like a joke. They were, you know, having this little award session, a group of people from, you know, the foreign press, and then it grew and grew, and they they missed a couple of moments to, to professionalize their whole awards show. And that's a shame, because they should know better. As journalists, they definitely should know better. Exactly. And, you know, this is going back to someone I follow regularly, regularly though, too. He even said it, said this before a couple of years back. He said, basically... The Golden Globes were a joke, in a sense, because basically they're participation trophies, if you look at it like that. Yeah. And, you know, they don't take anything seriously. Now, the World Series, you know the World Series, mm -hmm. which is baseball. He said yeah. the World Series of the entertainment industry is the Oscars. Mm -hmm. Getting an Oscar is like the World Series because you always have to try and outshine the other actor or actress that's playing in a certain role, and it's actually ten times harder to get uh, an Oscar than it is for, to get a Golden Globe. A Golden Globe is a whole lot easier to earn versus an an Oscar. Well, it depends. If you just count the numbers, they're, they're the same kind of numbers for awards, so why would it be mathematically easier to get one? Because of the voting system with the 87 members versus the 10,000 members for the Oscars, in a sense. I, oh, that's... But there's also this, though, too. Uh, there's also corruption in voting. For example, Emily in Paris. Mm -hmm. uh, the tour, now, there's, but I'm going to bring that up in a few minutes. Emily in Paris was a TV show. But The Tourist with Johnny Depp and Angelina, Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Mm -hmm. Now, smart, right? Right. Now, get this. Remember that movie. That movie only had a 20% rating and everything. Off of Rotten Tomatoes, the foreign press gave it a negative reviews. Golden Globes also gave the tourists a Best Picture nomination and everything during that year, but they gave it a bad review. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, and it was, it didn't do well. It was a box office bomb, if ever there was one. And um, yeah, I suppose you could you find um, many years where also the Academy was kind of off and. Uh, 
And if you just, but obviously, if you look through all those years, they can't get it right um, every time. No. Because a lot of movies are just get their fair share of, of recognition uh, in, in hindsight. There are some movies that were really not doing well in that time, and they were rediscovered, or sometimes even discovered for the first time 20, 30 years later. And from that modern perspective, you think, how could they overlook that kind of uh, thing? And, um, and and not not recognize that, um, but you're right. I think the whole. I'm not sure. Do you think they can make a, They can they can make a mend of that. They they can come back again, and it would they have have to show like a strong sign of, of giving a larger body and and with a lot more Asian and and uh, African American presentation. But it's going to be difficult. I think people are just beyond caring. They don't. They don't care so much. I don't think, even if they up their game sufficiently, I don't think people are going to be interested in that award anymore. Same here as well. I think it's too little, too late. Sadly, I could be wrong. Yeah. Don't forget, we just came out of quarantine and everything, though, too. So people might be looking for something fresh later on next year or so. But even then, I want to probably say that people are, don't really care about the Golden Globes anymore or anything like that. Heck, even the Oscars got really bad reviews this this year. But then again, everything was into streaming and stuff like that. So they were trying to give back to us to have some normalcy during the quarantine time yeah. to where we can actually watch something to be nominated and stuff like that. And they had to go through a, a smaller screen uh smaller screen presence to actually nominate some films because in order to get a movie nominated your movie has to be in the theater but how can you do, get something nominated in the theater if everything's shut down so they actually sure. had to go through other means to actually do that for example you had the red bloods that came out in net on netflix that got nominated mm-hmm. uh that got nominated then you also have the movie soul which is disney pixar that got nominated for uh for their animated movie Soul mm-hmm. and everything, so you so they had to go through a smaller screen just to go ahead and give us some normalcy for uh certain Oscar for Oscars and stuff like that, which is something I appreciated. But also too, on the other hand, though too, it also got some bad buzz because of the fact that um because of social distancing and stuff like that, and also mm-hmm. too with some of the stuff that they actually had to put on on the show and everything was actually hard for them to do. So therefore, it wasn't that didn't get that strong of reviews like you normally would for the Oscars and stuff like that. And people right. didn't really care about the Oscars at that time. So it makes me wonder if they're going to care about it next year or anything like that too. Did you did you like those changes they came up with? You know that that was a quarantine kind of uh, how should you call it a Corona Oscar presentation? With that I like the beginning, like when she walked into that hotel lounge but then towards the end of a couple of things i i didn't like um i don't think it was a good idea to let people talk as long as they wanted to no. because some people really abused that and talked I did too. and there were some other things i think you need to have a, a little bit of, of, of glamour you know I'm, I'm not i'm not the kind of guy who watches you know, women, uh, you parade with all their new clothes and stuff and all. But it, this is a, a fair part of Hollywood is, is glamour. And if you cut down on that too much and just have a little bit of a, of a, of a show that you can 
have an Indian next door cabaret or, or nightclub, then I I don't think that lives up to the expectations of people mm-hmm. for an hospice job, which is weird because um, uh, what's that guy's name? He did the Ocean's Eleven movies in charge of the Oscar show this time. Uh, George Clooney mm-hmm. or yeah, so Soderbergh, Steven uh, Soderbergh. He's the director. who's in charge uh, yeah. of the Oscar this time. And he's a man of style. He, he directed many uh, movies with, you know, like those Oceans movie, movies. So I was a little surprised that it was un- underwhelming what he did. And so I, w- I was disappointed in that, actually. To be honest with you, I feel like this. The Oscars has come into like a fashion show versus it being about entertainment, mm. about acting, about movies and art. It's became like a glamour show, like you mentioned. To me, yeah, it was more about who's wearing what, what's the most popular dress, and this is also why I stopped watching Entertainment Tonight because of that. Because they stopped doing uh, movie news in a certain aspect where all they were saying, "Oh, what's the most popular thing to actually wear," and everything. I was like, "It doesn't matter because I can't spend a five hundred dollar Armani suit or a thousand dollar Armani suit." So what the hell am I watching this for? And I feel like this: if someone's talking for long periods of time and you're not stopping them, there's something wrong. Because people have an intention of a goldfish. So so, five, so to me, three to five minutes is a perfect time to actually stop talking because chances is they probably forgot about what you said in the first two minutes of what mm. you actually said. And to me, I think they need to have like a time clock or something like that. It's like, okay, you have three minutes to go ahead and make your speech. Okay, but I'm not done. Oh, sorry, go. <laughs> Next one, you know. But I feel like yeah. they need to do something with that. Yeah. So anyway, that was disappointing. And but now we're waiting for all those great movies, not just the, the uh, what do you say, the Marvel movies and the superhero movies. But we got another kind of superhero coming up, um, James Bond. Everybody's been waiting for the new James Bond. Yes. Movie. It's been delayed for twice. I think for over. <laughs> Originally meant to come out even before, slightly before the the, the lockdown and the Corona business, and night twenty nineteen, and now it's been moved a couple of times. But they're really, I hope that they're sticking to their guns and really gonna release it in the, in the theater. But maybe they're just gonna. Well, I think now it's looking like the uh, the worst part of the Corona virus pandemic might be over and so they might just hang in there until September, October and then have a nice theater run and that'd be great and then I would really think I'm back to normal when I'm sitting there, nice uh, box of popcorn, a nice cool drink and James Bond is, you know, the music is starting James Bond is yes. doing yeah. and then I know I'm done with the stupid pandemic and I'm back <laughs> to James Bond is here to unite us all, you know yeah <laughs> Let me just tell you something. I'm a huge James Bond fan and everything, Mm -hmm. too. I love James Bond, and it made me sad when they had to keep pushing the release dates back. As a matter of fact, I got tired of even reporting the news with the articles that I had to type out and everything. I'm like, okay, delay it again. Delay it again. Coronavirus, once again. I'm like, I'm done. I'm I'm not going on ahead posting any more movie news about James Bond being pushed back or anything like that when the coronavirus is now going to be gone and everything, that's when, I, when it says, oh, here's our new release date and it's actually official, that's when I'm going to go on here and post some more and talk about it because at that point, I just got fatigued of talking about the same thing getting pushed back over and over again. 
It's like, how many more times do I have to keep talking about it, you know? <laughs> and this, this is the thing about the new James Bond movie that relates to our former um, topic of diversity because there's a big buzz about, you know, the new uh, James Bond being actually a woman and a black woman, but now that they realize that it's just part of the movie. But they actually have a, an agent which is played by an African-American uh, uh, actor which whose name slips my mind, but... But that's great, you know that they that they do all those those things and not, uh, you know, it's yeah, just got to change with the, with the time. So you know, you don't have to do and follow every stupidity of the times. But there's one thing that I'm really happy about that everybody is connected uh, to this idea of of diversity. If you look at American television, they're so far ahead um, because you you remember the time. It was not too long ago when uh, people from minority groups said, okay, like if, if they're from an Arab ethnic background, they said, I'll only get cast as a terrorist. Right. And, and, and the Asian uh, American actor said, I'll only get, a, I get cast as a, as a doctor and I have to speak with a, with a funny accent, although I'm born American. And it's so much better now. You know, it's just in everyday shows, you see the whole variety and all colors of. of um, humanity and it's wonderful and i think uh, it's not going to get back and um i think we're just just improving and that's wonderful i'm happy about that me too uh you know i feel like that it's a new dawn it's a new time to actually embrace some diversity stop with the stereotypes you know like i know this one mexican actor for example who played in the fast and the furious movies and his main character was hector Every single time when there was be a Mexican gang or anything Mexican related, he always played the character of Hector. Right. And every single one, he was always the gangster type. They never really gave him anything else to do other than to be a gangster. I'm like, come on, you can do so much better than doing that. You know, Mexicans can do a are great actors when you look at everything beneath the surface and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Exactly. Have great or having so great Hollywood careers and, and the directors, you know, they got right. Andre Muschietti, right. Right. But, you know, I feel like, you know, it's time to go on ahead, put aside everything that they've done before and start focusing in on being diverse. And like you said, TV has done it. They're diverse in sexuality. They're diverse in um, also race. They're diverse in every area that you can think of and everything. Yeah. And and the biggest screen uh, and things is still thinking of ways that way back then. And then also, too, you also have now Asians that are not being represented, uh, being resp- represented in the right way either. Mm. And they want me to be represented. And here's the thing. If it wasn't for uh, Black Panther and everything, we would not have more diversity than what we have now. Because that's actually what put put uh, people of color on the map to where they're actually more than what uh, what they're actually presenting in movies and stuff like that. Definitely, yeah. And and now they actually have a superhero that they can actually represent and yeah. everything too, and to relate to. And they have T'Challa. Now you ha- are having um, someone on the DC side, though, too, that's playing uh, Blue Beetle, who happens to be a Latino. 
So now you have Latino representation of uh, Spanish, um, Spanish representation and everything, which is fantastic to actually have. It shows the times are actually moving and everything instead of it being where the world is just stopped and just still repeating all the same stuff over and over again. It's just good now to actually see some diversity in our films. Finally, after all these years and people are fighting for it and craving for it. And uh, even in our Pixar films now too, we have a little bit of diversity in, in that stuff though, too, in our animated films, right? which is something yeah. I really appreciate as well. But on, so like let me go Star on. Star Wars was the example, right? Right. Star Wars is another example of diversity in film mm-hmm. and everything too, um, which we never really thought that we would actually have anybody that's diverse in Star Wars or anything like that either. But look at, look how things have changed. I'm, I'm happy at how, Diversity has actually changed in our film and our culture, yeah. and people are craving for it. Um, but you know how I was talking about Emily in Paris before? Mm-hmm. So, Emily in Paris had bad reviews on their side, right. but the Golden Globes gave the series best nominations. The writer said mm-hmm. that they didn't. Now, get this the writer of the show from Emily in Paris also said that they didn't deserve a nomination. The, uh, <laughs> and that's bad. That okay. <laughs> yeah, that's nice modesty. You don't get that too much in Hollywood. <laughs> no, because they he knew the type of show that they had. They he knew that they didn't have a grand slam home run for their show. Already, yeah. I know it's, but what I've been reading, it's like, it's kind of this cliche prestige Paris that they show uh, that he uh, portrayed in movies of the the 50s, and uh, it, it really did annoy a lot of Parisians and French in general because I thought, oh, this is so one-dimensional. I, I shouldn't be talking about it because I've never seen it, but that was the, the, the main idea of, of right. uh, the reviews, that it's just a little, stupid little fairy tale, I think, right? Right. Um, let's see. There's some stuff that Styles Films said, though, too. He goes, hey, guys, I've never been the biggest fan of Daniel Craig. Craig is Bond, though. Hey, it's okay. It's completely... Yeah, we need it. Let's see here. And 100% time to drop stereotypes at any time. Eh. Yep. Yeah. So so there's one little caveat. I was just thinking of how, how about a, um, a Bond woman. I think what I'd like to see when we have action years, female action years... I just like to put some realism back into it. Of course, you know, all these movies are not too realistic in, in, in the first place. But if I see a 100-pound, uh, five-foot-five woman take on uh, three henchmen, six three and, and 120 kilos, it, it just – I can't suspend disbelief that much. So, so I think why have all these women – fight men in, in a physical sense. Why not have a smart woman come up in a nice uh, uh, action uh, set and outsmart these men instead of just... On a, on a mental... Right, on a mental... Yeah, that'd, that'd be so much more intelligent than to try to make make females just buff and, and strong. And Because they don't have to copy men. They don't have to copy the idiot things that men do, but they can just show them 
as fighting in a smart way. What, what do you think of that? I like. I wouldn't mind that to be honest with you. It'd be a change. I, why not have both? You know, I'm, I'm just like that type, where it's like you can outsmart them, but also have that headstrong woman that's independent and that will try and take down these men on a mental level and everything too, on a mental aspect of it. Yeah. And everything too. I think the reason why I like the fighting style with women though is just to show that women can do it just as good as men can do, and everything too. And be on that physical yeah. scale, but also like, too. Huh? But also too, though, I do like the oh, mental. Yeah, the, but, but there's a, just a, a physical advantage of the weight and the height that it's not saying any. I don't think it's saying anything negative about like if you have a a, um, a man that's uh, five six, he's not going to fight in the in the same weight group as boxer as a, a guy who's six feet four. So at least you know. And even if they're equally tall, they don't have the, the upper body weight. Which, which, right. This is this is just physical things. It's not saying anything about the, the worth of, of of anyone. And and um, so, sure, if if you have weapons and if she if it's a knife fight, and but if she's sheer fists, I I have my doubts that women can. Right now, that now you're right now that I have to agree with you on. And everything too, like the uh, fist fight and stuff like that, you know. And you oh, don't yeah. have that. You can have other kinds of fights, you know. Right. Uh, let's see here. Tell that to the hit girl, uh, hit girl in the Kick Ass films. Okay, Kick Ass is a total different level of balls to the wall kind of action where you don't really have to take things too seriously or or anything like that either. It's just one of those movies where you can just turn your brain off for two and a half hours and not have to think yeah. about anything and just shove popcorn in your face. Now, the aspects that uh, Tillman and I are talking about as far as the mental level, you have layers to the character to where they can be fleshed out to where she can actually take someone down mentally and also take someone down physically by using physics and also use something against this person to where she can fool that person into probably trying to take that person down. That right. is something that would actually something that I would like to see. He goes, sorry, but just joking. Hey, it's perfectly fine, man. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> but I yeah, it'd be nice. Just thinking of, of new roles for women. It'd be nice to have some, some, uh, convincing female villains, they're not that many. You know, you have a what's that 101 Dalmatians, where she, where she wants to have a, a, a coat off the, the tops. But right. just you know, you can have an, an action um movie, and where you used to have uh, like that, you know, there's also stereotypical, they used to have those Arabs or Russians, you know, you, why not have a, a white woman be the main villain of a James Bond kind of movie. You know, that'd be something new. Right. Agreed. Agreed. And you know what, though? I want to go back what you were saying about the black James Bond woman, though, too. To be honest with you, I'm okay with I'm okay with it. I've always been okay with a female James Bond woman because then because think of it like this. All it is is numbers. All it is is a number. 007 is a number. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. And what do we have? We have cell phones. They recycle every single time. And somebody mm-hmm. else has our number that we used to have. So why can't it work on the same aspect as a James Bond film, though, too? Sure. I mean, we can always let the public decide and have right. those 
you know, if, if the, that kind of movie gets greenlit, then then we'll see. Obviously, is uh, what hasn't worked so well for Hollywood is just to have a, a franchise that was a male franchise, and you know, turn it. Why don't we tell the same story again, just with the same leads as females? You know, the Ghostbuster thing, and they did something else. But I don't think people are so much opposed to that because it's women. I think people are opposed to that because it's the same freaking boring story that they told before. So uh, women deserve a franchise of their own. Why can't they come up with that kind of thing instead of just saying all the same stories are now going to be told with girls? I mean, right. that's a really lame idea. And you see, that's another thing I want to mention, though, too. I saw the new Ghostbusters film, and I was mm-hmm. sold on the, on the woman aspect of it. And there was filled with forced cameos from old Ghostbusters. Right. And then it was like conf- some confusion. Okay. Remember how they actually showed the pitch of the, um, the old footage from the original Ghostbusters. And then they put it into the, into a new trailer and stuff like that too. And trying to make it look like it's a retelling of the new ghost of the old Ghostbusters and stuff like that. The PR department was very confusing on what it was geared towards on the identity of the film. So how yeah. are we supposed to go ahead and be sold on something that is a mistaken of identity? And also too, don't get me wrong. I love Melissa McCarthy in some movies and stuff like that. Some movies, not so much. I liked her in the movie spy, but I really didn't find her character believable. The only one that stood out was the girl, the geek tech girl in the mm-hmm. fi- in that film was the only standout to me that actually brought her a game that I was sold on. And then at the very end, they, they wind up making the announcement of a canon character from the old Ghostbusters film. I'm like, mm-hmm. why did you do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that story has been told before. We don't need to see that story. Now, if I was now, I'm I'm excited for this new Ghostbusters Afterlife movie and stuff like that because it's a new telling, it's a new fresh idea of these kids who find the uh these Ghostbusters outfits and stuff like that. And I think maybe one of the kids might be the grandkids of one of the other canon characters, but it also feels like a Goonies type of feel to it, mixed in with um mixed in with a Stranger Things kind of vibe. Now, mm-hmm. as far as the woman ghostbusters what i would have wanted to see was something different maybe something from china or something like that showed some type of culture background and there's actually problems going on in china with the wall maybe there's some ghosts going going around and stuff like that and they have to investigate it that would have been so more interesting than it being placed in new york again they call it the ghostbusters hey look we're having trouble at that over in china and stuff like that and we need y'all's help that would have been a whole lot easier to do instead of having it in New York, have forced cameos that we've seen before uh, and everything. I just didn't like it. I just didn't care about it. Um, but here's another thing, though, too. I said this before in my review. I said it was an okay movie, but it wasn't the best movie. And mm-hmm. I said it didn't exactly plaster that, uh, plaster that uh, quote on a poster. Come see our movie. It was an okay movie, but not the greatest movie that you want to see. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think I should um, have that kind of poster? Come see a movie. It's an okay movie. You won't be able to leave. It's an okay movie. Pandemic is over. You should be exactly. <laughs> At that time, you might as well say, okay, the box office is going to wind up bombing right about now. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But yeah, that's just my my two cents on it. Um, 
Yeah, I agree. I agree with you with that one. I didn't see that one, but um, I don't know. I think I'm going to check out the one with the original. That's the one you were referring to the, with the original cast that they're going to have a new one with the, the guys, right? Isn't that well, well, with this one, there's not going to be – there might be tips of the hats to some of the other characters and stuff, things too. But, yeah, you do have Bill Murray coming in Yeah, again. All the original Ghostbusters are back. But what I'm thinking is this is dealing with one of the Ghostbusters members, uh, grandkids who finds the outfits, who finds oh, the mean, tech yeah. and stuff like that. So okay. it's a new telling, uh, passing the torch. All right, I'm going to what, what is it going to call so I can Google it afterwards? It's called Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay. And that check. was supposed to come out last year, but because of COVID, they pushed it back. So it's supposed to come out this year. Okay, great. No, because um, it was to do a reunion of the original Ghostbusters cast, but uh, Bill Murray was always not up for it. You know, he didn't like they never wanted to do it. So it never happened. Right. And now he signed on to for it. And Dan right. Aykroyd and everybody else is back. So I'm excited, all except uh, Hal Ramis and everything, because yeah. he passed away. But that's the only yeah. uh, Ghostbusters that's not going to be on there, but still. Okay. Um, Great. Let's see here. There's one more thing I want to mention as far as the Golden Globe stuff, and then after that we'll close out and give your mm -hmm. final thoughts on what I'm going to mention. Uh, so yeah. pretty much we have financial importorities of charitable organization. Money to put into film school organizations is basically what this is used for. But the members are getting the money instead. $2 million of their own money. Member, uh, uh, LA Times, Christy, uh, I forget, I'm just going to call her Chris, uh, Christy, foreign press uh, for monopolizing. Okay, so basically this other woman uh, from, the, from the LA Times uh, is suing the foreign press for monopolizing. The industry wants uh, the HFPA to add two new members and one out and one out new member out uh, and everything too. So basically they want to take away one old member and add in another member. Okay. That's a new idea. So that's what they've come up with after they've, you know, the, the time we're reconsidering everything. Right. And, that, but they also add, want to add one other member to, like, in other words, is they also want to add another member too. So I think that keeps everything fresh. But but these members are still people from uh, the media, right? So well, I believe it would be still from the media, but I think they would have to go on ahead, break down all those walls, hmm. and rebuild from the ground up. Yeah, could be. So you mean like opening it up to other? Right. Get rid of all your old members that were monopolizing, embezzling, and all that, and start off fresh. Mm. But then, after that, go on ahead, make the announcement that the Golden Globes are coming back, but we have new member, we have uh, one new member, and we have some other members that stayed that we investigated that are not connected in with the monopolizing and also to not involved with the embezzlement. But even then, I'm wondering too, is this too little too late because of the fact that when wow. you're looking at embezzlements and stuff like that, that's not good. That's not going to give people 
uh, excited to actually go and watch the Golden Globes. That's going to make them want to shut the TV off, especially of <laughs> everything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So our conclusion is like, if I got you right, that we don't see much of a, of a future for that award. I don't know. I'm going to miss out on, on Ricky Gervais uh, insulting Hollywood. We're going to have to, to you know, somebody's going to make up for that because that was just hilarious. <laughs> but other than that, I, I don't, I'm not going to miss too much if we don't have a Golden Globe anymore. True. Same here. I wouldn't mind if we just had the Oscars and that's it. You know, just have one reward show for that. You don't need to have two separate reward shows. Yeah. And everything either. Yeah. And you definitely. still have your diversity. And matter of fact, Oscars is very diverse now than what we had with the foreign press. Yeah, definitely much more so. So yeah, I think we can it's gonna get the problem. Let's wait, but I don't I don't think what's just gonna happen. Right. So yeah, that that we, we tackle those issues then, right? Right. We tackled everything. So my question is this for you. Where, what are you working on right now as far as things go with projects and things like that? Because I know you're a busy man, though, too, when it comes down to directing and stuff. Yeah, I'm thinking of um, – I mentioned this briefly in our last conversation, I think, possibly in the second last. I'm trying to take those characters from my movie, The Midas Touch, which is out now on Amazon Prime, just to mention it once again. Um and tell the backstory of that because there's so many people in, involved, so many characters, and we just can you know, we, we see the the codes and we see the, the groups of people that are involved in the campaign of a politician that we have in the movie, and we have the protagonist, and we get to see him at his workplace. And I just want to you know dive into the past and have a, a prequel. And I was thinking it'd be nice to have like a um, a mini series, you know, like a TV or online mini series, where you just show those characters and what they've been up to, them and the events that eventually led up to the beginning of our feature film, the, the Midas Test. So I'm thinking about that, and I'm still doing a lot of marketing, obviously trying to be on on podcasts. And I've done a, a number of those, but you're the first one that I did right. thrice, actually. Right. So, and I always enjoy that. It's always nice to talk to you because you're knowledgeable about films, but you're also quite emotional about them. You, you love them, and, and, and so that's nice to have that. Thanks. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, so I have to do that. And I, I just, I, the last thing I did, I wanted to use my uh, trailer as an app to go on uh, YouTube to, to, to make a, you know, like have an, a, another commercial for, for my movie. But it was too much of, of, of sexual content, although there's no nudity, nothing, but just the whole idea. And so we're looking at this ad manager and, and, and Google and nothing's happening. It's supposed to be on for two or three weeks. And then i trying to find out what it's all about. And they don't like the content. It's restricted content just because it's about vaguely about sexual issues. We don't have any nudity, but it's still restricted. And if it's restricted... You cannot show it on on YouTube, and so that's uh, frustrating. That those those puritanical ideas that are being pushed forward by some American um, entities, companies, 
are just really blocking me and every step of the way they blocked my my first poster which was i remember that (laughs) i'm fighting the first conversation that we ever had (laughs) yeah and so that's a bit frustrating because i can't go with the speed i like to go but that's the way it is you you have to to accept that but i think it'd be nice if not every other company every netflix or or um Amazon turned into a Disney where everything is just focused on an audience of one to 12 year olds. I think there should be some nice, I'm not going to say adult entertainment because I'm not talking about porn movies, but <laughs> movies that have adult subjects that are mature you know, content, right? Sexual themes. And anyway, maybe that's going to happen some, some, sometime again. Uh, all, all those movies, all those uh, YouTube pages together, we got like a, Hundred thousand clicks uh, for our um, movie in the trailer, so that's going okay. And I hope it's gonna, you know, pick up. And then, yeah, now we get. We, I'll tell you more about that next time we see each other. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. And guys, another thing though too, if you're wondering about where you can find a review for the Midas Touch, I did a non-spoiler review, and I think I did a spoiler review on this channel. So go on ahead. You want to support. Tillman Brock, go on ahead, go to Amazon right now, watch this movie, Midas Touch, then come back and watch this uh, non-spoiler review and spoiler review that I did a couple of months back. I think that you guys might end up loving it and everything, but go on ahead, check that out. Also, too, where can people reach you at and follow you at? What do you mean? What, what, what can people reach me? Like on the, the side? Like on Instagram, stuff like that. Oh, Instagram. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we got that. Yeah, we haven't mentioned at the beginning of this time. So the movie's called The Midas Touch. And since it's been the title of quite a few um, other movies, we got the uh, Instagram page, The Midas Touch 2020, because that's when our movie was released. And if you go to that side, Everything else is mentioned. You get to see the trailer, and then you see our homepage. You can click that from there. The homepage is actually the Midas Touch dot online, and with the music, the trailer again, nice uh, um, pictures of all the cast. Or you can check us out on IMDb, um, the Midas Touch Tillman Borg, and that it'll come up. And yeah, it'd be great if you if you checked out those those pages. The most important one. The Midas Touch 2020 on Instagram. Okay. And guys, if you want to go on and follow me at Movie Lovers, TV Lovers Unite on Facebook, underneath the same name on Instagram and also on Pinterest as well. Another thing, too, that I want to mention is this if you guys want to donate to the page and donate to keep the lights on here at Movie Lovers Unite, go on ahead and go to gofundme.com slash Movie Lovers Podcast. Donate five, maybe ten dollars to us. If not, that's okay too. That we understand that the pandemic actually put holes in other people's pockets this time and everything, so that's perfectly fine. You get still get to watch and listen to our show for free. So go on ahead, a simple like, a simple share, and subscribe at the bottom of the screen as well is is good enough for me as well. Another thing too is if you want an audio only podcast episode of this show and many more shows that we do, go on ahead, subscribe and follow to wherever you guys get your podcast from. Another thing too. Go on ahead, follow me at Stereo at Movie Lovers Unit. We do a couple of shows over there. Also, too, go on ahead, follow me on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit. I post some things from time to time over there. And then 
you know what else you guys can do? Go on ahead and reach out to me at movieloversunite at gmail.com if you're a sponsor and would like to sponsor me. Or if you just want to reach out to me to be on the show, I'll be more than glad to do that and everything. Just go on ahead and reach out to me, and I'll be glad to do that. Um, that's everything that I want to announce. And also, too, tonight, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time, I'm going to be back here on the channel again. And we're going to be reviewing the movie Infinite starring Mark Wahlberg. The new Infinite movie just dropped on Paramount+. Plus. So we're going to do a spoiler review for that. So if you haven't seen that movie and don't like spoilers, do not tune into my channel. But if you happen to see this movie and you want to uh, view it with us as if you've seen it with us, go on ahead and check that out. And, of course, if you don't mind spoilers, go on ahead check out our channel on spoilers anyway. anyways. Just don't bitch at us if we tell you that. It's a spoiler review. So always until next time, it's been real. It's been fun. Can't wait to do this again. And thanks, Tellman. I do appreciate you being on the show as always and taking a night out of your time because I know our time differences are totally different. Thanks for having You're very thank welcome. Thank, you're welcome. And I want to thank everybody in the live chat as well. Styles Films, interesting chat. Enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well, my friend. Stay safe. And always until next time, bye-bye. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to daily news digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have, they also have, finish, if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How-to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless.